live from the Twin Cities. We are the Daves You Know. This is the Daves I Know. All right, welcome back to another episode of the Daves I Know. I am drinking my last old speckled Dan in honor of Dan, who cannot be here tonight. Uh, he is getting a uh, his second peen removed, the non-essential organ, uh, his second peen. So uh, I, I had saved an old speckled Dan for no particular reason whatsoever. And I decided that, you know, tonight in honor of Dan not being in this podcast, I will I will drink my old speckled Dan. We have a regular member, MJ. MJ, how are you doing? I'm doing great, Dan. We miss you. But on the other hand, we're so glad that someone else can join us. Yeah. More importantly, uh, more importantly than anybody else, uh, we have good friend, uh, old comrade, Bridget McDowell of Switch the Pitch. Yeah. Uh, and uh, at BC McDowell uh, Twitter fame uh, on the podcast. Bridget, hey, welcome back hey. to the podcast. Well, thank you. Good it's to been be a while. Here. It has been a while. How are you doing? I'm all right. That's good. That's good. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, we're definitely not going to talk about anything that happened this weekend because, you know, nothing no. happened this weekend at all no, whatsoever. Not at all. So, uh, we don't care what the rich <laughs> say. What well do we care? Unless <laughs> you're going to keep dancing there for a while, MJ. Sorry. It's too, 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 I, I can go. I can, old I can, no, please. I can, please. I can start at the beginning. If you <laughs> oh, no. Please, please do not. Uh, all right. So. Uh, <laughs> Let's jump right into it. If you guys are uh, like the stuff that we do, the Patreon is the best way to get involved. Uh, Christian and I, again, as I mentioned last week, we've, we've been chatting. We're figuring out the beers. If you are become a member or if you already a member at $3 a month uh, and you stay that way through the entire year, you're going to get three beers, three awesome, really good beers. I can't uh, recommend them highly enough. You can start now. You can get involved now. That's the best way to do it. Uh, Hop Clouds are the people who are doing this at Hop Clouds on Twitter. They are amazing. Uh, please support them. Please support us wherever you can. Patreon.com slash the Daves I know to help support the Daves that you know. So let's, let's just jump in. Um, not a ton of United news. There's a couple, couple big or, you know, I don't know. Big is not the right word tiny pieces of news that you know maybe have some ramifications for for things and then uh we have some mls news and stuff like that it might be a short podcast but which we are uh very much fond of even though we never actually do them so uh dj taylor signed uh with minnesota uh he's a defender he's a right back from north carolina he spent the last four years with the north carolina fc he came up through their academy system he spent a uh like half of a year in the uh the spanish fourth division i think yeah. uh fifth division okay came back to <laughs> north carolina uh he was 2019 defender of the year he is a right back um or sorry 2019 defender of the year in the usl is a right back what do you guys think about this signing i think it's a great signing and that he can fill in at right back which means maybe it's either depth piece or we're looking again for Hassani Dotson to start or play elsewhere. Like we need another role other than backing up there for Hassani. So I like this as a depth piece and as a backup right back. Definitely. Yeah. Uh, having someone else to back up there when he's on international duty uh, or when his legs just need a break uh, will be good because didn't have enough of that last season. Um, and yeah, freeze thoughts and to do a little bit more of what he does best, which is not be stuck at the right back position. Right. So now we have like 15 defenders. Yeah. I mean, and, why not? And one, and one, one striker. So, you know, you guys know a team that's short on defenders or something. The way, the, the way you should build a team. No, I, I agree. I think it's, it's great that we have someone who can, who could theoretically, who, you know, could can and, and should competently back up roommate Metonair. Uh I don't know what his uh, uh, crossing ability is. So, you know, maybe that makes his team more of an, a more narrow team, which I think is actually probably a good thing. 
all things maybe considered. we don't need that many crosses right. from the right back position <laughs> exactly uh so that's i think that is good in my estimation that we you know we have someone who's competent back there on the right hand side however again it goes back to the question we have now no 15 defenders we have like three attackers so cool well i mean we were in a position just a few months ago where we had like four and a half defenders and four spots so that's a very good point Bridget. i think we we, we were compensating just a little bit we were looking really shallow on the back end too cool uh, so the other sort of bit of news, which is not officially official yet, but theoretically should be this week, uh, Patrick Weah is going to become a homegrown player. Patrick Weah, the cousin of Tim Weah, uh, nephew of uh, the uh, Liberian president, uh, George Weah. George. Yeah. Uh, per well, Fish Ballon d'Or. Yeah. One of the, yeah Ballon d'Or winner, the one of the greatest players uh, one of the greatest African players of all time, honestly. What's what's like yeah. call a spade a spade? Uh, per the fish rap fish rap factory West Side, uh, it's going to happen this week. He's a 17 year old former Wyzetta grad. He's played he played three games for the Saint, for St. Louis University this year. He left school and is going to be signing this uh, homegrown contract. Uh, yeah, what do you guys, MJ, what are your thoughts on, on Patrick Wea signing a homegrown contract? He, he trained with the first team last year, so definitely has experience with this front office with the, the players and stuff. So, uh, MJ, well, well, you start and then Bridget, you can go for MJ. I, I saw one interview that Patrick did for a different podcast, and what I gathered was that they wanted to sign him earlier, they wanted to sign Patrick last year, but due to the combination of funds and COVID, it was like, well, we can't, we don't have the capital to, to bring you on this year. And so Bullshit. it seemed like the, the St. Louis University year was kind of a tread water year in the grand scheme of things. Oh yeah. It's also bullshit because Bill McGuire <laughs> has the money to sign a fucking homegrown player if he wants to. Anyways, sorry. <laughs> I digress. Uh, Bridget? <laughs> Don't shoot the messenger. No, it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> I mean, he's he's been here and trained here multiple times. It wasn't just this past season. I think he was at some point on as a trialist coming out of the academy. So, um, I mean, it's about time that we finally look at this kid seriously and make something happen there. This is what people expected, you know, instead of Fred Emmings. Uh, no one really thought of Emmings being the first, the first true homegrown to be signed. <laughs> Wea or pretty much anyone else was, you know, further ahead in, the, in that line uh, for most of us. But um, having two homegrowns in, what is this year, five? It's, it, it's about time. And it'll he'll be a good fit. So, thank you. Your notes here said about damn time, Bridget. You can swear <laughs> on the podcast, by the way, FYI. So, drop your f bombs. Oh, the yeah, MJ? we're back to this after dark thing. We are that. <laughs> so good to have you back, Bridget. <laughs> uh, so th- that I mean that pretty much wraps up the the general United That's, news. Uh, United news. Oh, we got Minnesota United. Uh, not a ton of stuff. Uh, they'll be. Uh, reporting for camp relatively soon with a uh, one week sort of quarantine period. And then uh, I think officially March 8th is if I'm not mistaken is when they can officially yeah. like start practicing as a team. If people get here earlier and they go through and they test negative throughout the, that seven day period, then they could train in groups or whatever. So I would imagine there's some players who are, who are here already um, who Maybe you haven't left who are, are, you know, going through that. So they might see some news about players training earlier uh, ahead of the March 8th. Uh, but that's probably the, the first, the first point we'll see uh, actual yeah. players training. So that's the first time we can see coaches and technical staff on the grounds. So, right. Right. So we do have some MLS news. Uh, so Jordan Morris 
which we we talked about this uh transfer on this podcast uh, several times uh, we're all thought, happy uh, for him and we were very excited for jordan morris to go to swansea city show off what he could do maybe sign a contract with swansea city maybe sign a contract with uh, another uh good championship team maybe a bundesliga team and then he went and got himself fucking injured yep bridget Talk, tell, tell us a little bit about it. I, I didn't watch. I, I refused to watch Swansea City. I'm sorry. I'm maybe able- yeah, I, I didn't see this game, and I haven't gone looking for the injury either. Um, but Probably it looked... Tr- yeah. <laughs> no. Uh, it sounded like it was more of a non-contact injury, uh, which right away, of course, we think ACL. And that, it turns out, is what it was. Uh, his left ACL this time as opposed to the right side, which he tore and recovered two years ago. Um, Just this evening, Seattle put out a a press release saying that he would be headed home uh, for surgery. Swansea had said that they'd rehab him there or support him on the trip home, whichever one he wanted to do. He will be coming home actually to California for surgery over the next week or so. Um, So all the best to him. Sucks to see it end that way. Uh, it takes him out for the whole season, which was his loan term. So we'll see what happens there. But Yeah, and most of the MLS season and probably a lot of qualifiers for the USA team. Yep. So, which is, this was like, this was his chance to get to Europe if he, if he really wanted to. And yeah, yeah. it really, it sucks. I, I feel bad for the guy as much as I hate Seattle. And I think Jordan Morris is, is looks like a chud and uh, especially when he runs and he just looks like a goddamn chuddy asshole, but he's a really, he's actually a really good soccer player and I can't, yes. you know, got to give him a uh, massive amount of credit for that. And uh, yeah, this really sucks. So I uh, hope he, hope he recovers well. I hope, uh, he recovers well in Seattle, uh, just continues to shit the bed for a long time. So you, you can wish for both things. <laughs> MJ Anon is buzzing about blaming Lumen Field that uh, artificial field turf does not prepare you for playing in England. That's, so that's a weird, so that's a that's, weird take from MJ Anon because I think I, I would have expected you guys to go straight to uh, the grass field kills you and not the artificial field, but you went the other way. You went, you went. It's just what they're talking about. Okay. Well, (laughs) considering you're the, you're their leader. I have no idea. Um, I'm just, I'm just the mouthpiece. Okay. Fair enough. A couple other bits of MLS news. Uh, Pato, Pato signs with Orlando. Um, I feel like this was something that's been talked about as an ML Pado has been talked about as an ML signing for like five years. Yeah. And it's just now happening. And it's the fact that it's happening with Orlando and not, uh, he was rumored for Miami a few times. Right. Yeah. So actually when I dropped that into the notes, I put Miami first, even though I just talked about this the other day on a different <laughs> show. But, um, yeah. So <laughs> Orlando, uh, they, they can definitely use them. It's going to be <laughs> probably the uh, the entertainment of the year is to see Nani and Pato. <laughs> so, so, so if you are if you are an ESPN Plus subscriber, you get to watch uh, pretty much every MLS game outside of your market. Uh, Orlando is like peak MLS television viewing all yes. the time, <laughs> especially with Pato and Nani because. Who the fuck? Like, this is like, uh, I don't know, Zlatan, Lukaku, but on the same uh-huh. goddamn team, right? They're gonna, yes. they're gonna fucking headbutt each other, t- trying to take penalties or free kicks or whatever, and they're gonna do it because they're both very uh, highly talented, like past their prime stars who like believe that they're better than they actually are, and that's fine and that's great, um, and they're much better at soccer than any of us ever have been uh, or ever. Like all three collectively, we are, we are. <laughs> Maybe a, a 50th of a Nani, like, right? Like, maybe, maybe, maybe a 50th of a Nani. Um, but our, our, like, Oscar, like, here's the thing about love about Oscar Pereja is that, like, literally, uh, he's, I think he's a really good coach. I also think he just, he doesn't care about 
the, these weird personalities and just having a mm-hmm. uh, personality storm in Orlando. I think he's like, he's like, you know what? Whatever. Like, uh, all news is good news, right? Like, yeah. it doesn't matter. Just send them um, out there. Yeah. See what happens. So fucking a. Like, Orlando is going to be must watch viewing if you are an MLS fan, honestly, <laughs> in my estimation. So yes, with Nani, they already well, not just with Nani. I mean, you can go back to when they had Kaká. Just the way that Orlando City has been run, you know, Osprey, I feel like is the first solid coach they've had since Adrian Heath. And that's saying something. Uh, this team has been, I mean, so we make fun of the, the Chicago Tire Fire. This, this team has been a train wreck, um, or if you want, a monorail wreck. The, it's been called the Mickey Mouse Club before and now that you have nani and pato on this if they're going to be on the pitch at the same time it'll be like the mickey mouse club with the mickey mouse formation you'll just have these two spears up top like two big mouse ears you know it'll be like the mickey mouse formation with you know nani and pato and you just you don't try to mess with their sphere of existence just send a ball forward, whichever one it lands in, he'll take it or he'll get steamrolled by the other one because the other one wants it. And uh, one of them will dive, maybe when getting tackled <laughs> by his own teammate. <laughs> yeah. It's fucking great. Uh, all right. And then uh, I guess the final, like, little last little bit of MLS news. And I'm going to, I'm going to like talk through what this is and then we can, you guys can, uh, reflect on it uh mls the under 22 initiative or as i'm calling it the yam young ass money um so th- it's a this is a a new uh this has been rumored for basically for about a year that this is going to happen uh, uh under 22 initiative no limits on acquisition costs so you can buy a player for any amount of money whether it's transfer or loan fee uh salaries are capped at the maximum budget charge which is you know, somewhere around 625,000 or, or whatever right now. And that continues to rise. It'll rise throughout the, the collective bargaining agreement. Um, the salary budget hit though, for these players is at either 150,000 or $200,000, depending upon their age, the higher, the, like the higher the age, the, the higher the budget uh, hit will be uh, once signed a player maintains his U 22 or young ass money signing until the season in which he turns 25. So, there's a really great opportunity for teams to like pick up players and like who are 19, 20, 21, sign them to these deals. And then they can reap the benefits of this uh, for multiple years. Uh, and then teams will be allowed to sign either one or up to three players under the U22 initiative. Uh, really depends on the number and age of their current DPs. Uh, I'm, this is all a lot from the um, Sam Stayskull Paul Tenorio article on the athletic, by the way, I want to do not want to uh, uh, I'm curbing off of them. So, um, so teams that have three DPs who are all over the age of 23 uh, are ineligible to buy off uh, and and don't have an uh, eligible DP to be bought off with Tam will only be allowed to sign one U 22 player. Uh, Basically it's, it's encouraging teams to invest in younger players, basically. And not take that hit of using up a, a DP spot. Right, exactly. Uh, players can be grandfathered into this. So, hello, Tommy Jacone. <laughs> um, guessing he's going to be grandfathered into this, which frees up a DP, a DP slot for Minnesota United. Uh, and then homegrown and uh, homegrown players and super draft selections will be eligible for this uh, this tag as well. So, you could see a player like Patrick Wea uh, signs a, a, a contract as a homegrown player. And they realize that, hey, this guy might actually be worth something, especially if we sell him on uh, in the uh, in the transfer market. And they can sign him to this U22 young young ass money or yam uh, uh, <laughs> contract and reap some more benefits from that. Um, this you is all this is, this is all good. Uh, yeah, yeah, no, dude, yams like like man. This is, this is what I do, MJ. I just come up with fuck, fucking funny ass shit for this podcast. Uh, this is a good. This is a good thing 
for MLS and and for I think especially for teams like Minnesota United, who yeah. with their <laughs> scouting can take advantage of this. I don't. I think this will benefit certain teams. I think certain teams will not take advantage of this at all. This is obviously this is MLS. That's always the case with any sort of new rule or whatever. Uh, what do you guys think about about this? Uh, let's start with uh, Bridget. Uh, well, this is one of the things that the players have been asking for. Uh, the Players Association had it included, like, let's get some more incentives for younger players as part of the CBA the last few times. Um, so that was part of the, the leverage to get this in now. Um, but, yeah, I mean, we have so many teams where you sign all these younger guys uh, in the super draft or re-entry draft, and then you just kind of pass them on uh, or loan them out. There's not a whole lot of incentive to keep all these younger guys. Um, but with this, it, you know, it's not going to take up that salary space. Uh, you're not going to have to worry about, you know, signing a Tommy Chacon uh, and using up a DP plot. So it it's going to be a plus definitely for teams like Minnesota United. Um quite a few Western conference teams, honestly, like Eastern conference. I mean, you've got more of the, the big money signings and the veterans uh, and they're going to be less concerned about this. um, Plus the academies. Uh, Minnesota United is like your target team for this kind of thing. Um, And yeah, quite a few other Western conference teams. So it'll be a good thing to see. It's, I think it's needed for, the growth of MLS, especially if it wants to become the buying and selling league. Yeah. MJ. I don't have any points as good as Bridget. So I'll, I'll turn my spot into a question. When you say salary budget hit at 150,000 and or 200,000, like, are you saying that if they are paying a player at least that much money that there's kind of a, a tax or fee. So, so the the budget is that they can pay them more money, but they're only the the hit for the salary cap is is oh. at a certain amount. So, like with the DPS, like you you your DPS, you can pay whatever the fuck you want you to your chicharito for two goals. Um, he only gets hit at your salary cap at like whatever the, the max contract is in, in MLS, which is like $625,000 right now. And it, it, that will continue to go up, obviously. All right. So yeah, the, uh, yeah. So that's what that means is like your, 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 your hit of your salary cap budget is only a certain amount, which is way lower than theoretically what you'd be paying these players. Right. Yep. So. Cool. So, I mean, I, I, I think this is, a significantly good thing for Minnesota United, um, especially considering, you know, that they're targeting some younger players and clearly do not care about their fucking Academy. So, you know, whatever uh, they can make some, if you can sign them all to the first team, you don't need an Academy. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Exactly. So, all right, well, let's move on. We have a, we have a couple uh, small segments here and then we'll, we'll take a, a quick break before we jump into some international soccer, but we have a, we have a better know a loon, one saloon segment we have a, a, a birthday boy from yesterday Icopara. Uh, mj tell us a little bit more about Icopara. Icopara was born february 21st in 1989 that means he's 32 years old yesterday and born in durham north carolina boo not to being born in Bur- durham but being 32 years old boo uh. boo so, uh, you want to elaborate on that, David? Why you don't like the number 32? I don't know. I'm an old-ass man. Okay. Fair enough. So that's it. I'm turning 39 <laughs> this year, buddy. I'm, I'm, fucking, I'm fucking toast. I'm done. I'm out. Being from that part of North Carolina, no surprise, he went to Wake Forest University, won the 2007 NCAA Men's Soccer Championship, and then the following years won the ACC Defensive Player of the Year in 2008-2009. Also while in college, like many college players, played in the USL PDL, also known as now USL 
League Two um, because they are not paid. And so they don't violate any NCAA rules or eligibility. And he played for the Cary North Carolina Clarets um, in the USLPDL. In 2010, he was drafted third overall, not to Sporting Kansas City. He was drafted to the San Jose Earthquakes, where he then proceeded to finish up his last two years of college while playing for San Jose. And it's funny, when you read interviews of the coach, he's like, yeah, I wish, you know, we just had him full time and he didn't have to, you know, do all the schooling stuff. He's <laughs> <laughs> just like... That pesky schoolwork. <laughs> <laughs> pesky NCAA, you know, or that player who doesn't want to go, go pro right away and wants to finish his education as, as he's doing a pro contract. How dare you? Anyway, uh, but I think that's really cool that, you know, Ike Opara has been said in interviews like, sooner or later, your pro sports aren't going to last forever. You're going to want to fall back on your degree and devalue education. It, it's clear that when you read interviews of him, he's a very smart man and he values education. So I really like that about him. He was traded in December of 2012 to Sporting Kansas City for Sporting Kansas City's natural second round pick in 2013 in the Super Draft. I think that's a good deal, trading a third <laughs> overall draft pick for the second round pick the following year, yeah. Uh, because at Sporting Kansas City, he won an MLS Cup in 2013. He won the US Open Cup in 2015 and 2017. Beat Minnesota, who knows how many times. Uh, MLS Best 11 in 2017. Uh, MLS Defender of the Year 2017. So a lot of good things happened while he was at Sporting Kansas City. 28th of January 2019, Sporting Kansas City trades into Minnesota United for 900000 in TAM with a $100,000 uh, conditional bonus if Minnesota United qualified for the playoffs. Which which they did, which, which yep. Ikopara helped us do. So um, not as good of a deal as what Sporting Kansas City got it from. Like we didn't get Ikopara for just uh, uh, one super draft pick, but still money well spent. Uh, with us, he won MLS Best 11 in 2019 and Defender of the Year again in 2019. No complaints. What do you, first question, Ikopara trivia, do you guys know his real first name his, or his full first name? I kind of. Oh, very good. Bridget, yeah, on the ball. I, I kind of. <laughs> Bridget wins. Uh, is, that, is that it? Yeah, yeah, that's it. Okay. <laughs> that's uh, David, you get second place. Congratulations. Cool. Uh, I think we need to like stop making these like actual facts and like start making up the uh, the fake facts that I used to do for these uh, better to know to know Loon players. Um, he's, yeah, love you, MJ. But uh, yeah, I, I mean, I, or you could we could do uh, MJ real facts and and David makes up facts about players as yeah, and then we could have Dan guess which ones are which. Right. That's, yeah. No, I'm guessing. A, make it a two truths and a lie. For... Yeah. Two, 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 yeah. <laughs> Maybe that's actually a, a decent idea. Uh, I have, I've been Bridget with the winning idea. I've been kicking around an idea for uh, a new podcast with uh, our our good friend Eric Silverbrenneman. Uh, that is a sack a soccer podcast. It's also a little bit of satire. So, uh, well, let me throw that in there. Uh, all right, Ford Madtown Bro Down. JC Banks. We did not mention this last week. JC Banks officially retired. On February 5th, uh, former Loon legend, J.C. Banks, uh, Madison and Wisconsin legend, J.C. Banks. So I just want to shout out J.C. Banks. Dude is fucking amazing Ooh. and really great player for both Minnesota, for Madison. Um, his, you know, father, he, he has a, his, J.C. Banks has a really interesting story. And if you don't know about J.C. Banks, I would encourage you to look up J.C. Banks and, and learn a bit more about what his like his story and all that it, it's it's really it's really great so uh and his any, dad yeah especially especially yes. yeah Jim, jimmy banks uh who played for the u.s men's national team in what 2000 and or sorry 19 was he on the 1994 team 
think it was 94. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, so this guy has a, a huge history in 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 Wisconsin, in you know, and he obviously played for Minnesota for for several years. Uh, fan favorite uh, player, finished his career in Madison. I, I just really just wish him the best of luck going forward uh, in his post playing career. So I think this guy's going to do good stuff. So hope he gets yeah. a opportunity. So uh, all right, then Minneapolis City Minute. I don't even know what this is. Is this you, MJ? Yeah. The- so the lower league e-cup is going on again max stegwert is now it's not jonah garcia it's uh, max stegwert has been representing uh, minneapolis city in the lower league e-cup and they are down to i believe the semifinals, and it's max stegwert versus the representative for forward madison so two of our favorite teams on this podcast in lower league soccer are competing in the lower league e-cup playing fifa so for all the glory of course so Good luck to Max as uh, he plays the Ford Madison guy. And they also are having a really cool deal where if you find another member, you get some merch credit. So, you know, like help promote Minneapolis City. Cool. Yeah. Uh, mentioned that you heard that about this on the Dave's I Know podcast. So I think we get some credit for that or something. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, we need to, you know, we're kind of competing with the other podcast for Minneapolis City mentions. So, you yeah. know, please do us a solid. Dan Hudeman and Sarah Schreier definitely listen to this podcast. So, you know, there's that. So, all right. when <laughs> We'll take a break. When we come back, we're going to talk about uh, some U.S. women, the She Believes Cup. We'll talk about some other women playing soccer. Uh, we'll talk about some other soccer. We'll definitely not talk about Merseyside Derby. So, we'll be back <laughs> after this. You want me to be that type of dude And I want to be who you like me to But we both know I can't do nothing at all oh, yeah. Alright, we're back This podcast is, is brought to you by Summit Porter uh, If someone wants to sponsor this podcast be talking to those guys relatively soon. Hopefully, I can convince them to lose their money this way. <laughs> let's let's jump into a, a proper soccer competition, the She Believes Cup, which kicked off right after we recorded last week. There was a uh, some you know interesting results. Brazil beat Argentina four to one, and USA beat Canada one to nothing. And then on Sunday, USA beat Brazil two to nothing. I think a scoreline that flattered uh, USA because Brazil definitely had some great opportunities to score a goal or two. And then Argentina lost to Canada one to nothing, which leads us to the final match. Yeah. And the nice second minute. Exactly. Uh, which is not necessarily great for Canada, honestly, but leads I us mean, to, sorry, go Christine ahead. Christine Sinclair's injured, right? You know, yeah. they're, they're without yeah. uh, Lawrence, yeah. uh, Christine Sinclair. There's uh, is it a hiking gut? They're sure. missing yeah. three play, players. Which leads us to, to Wednesday's is the last match of the of this tournament. Canada plays Brazil at 3 p.m. Uh, on FS1, and then USA versus Argentina at 6 p.m. Uh, again, on FS1, these games are all being played in Orlando with fans, which is weird. Uh, I don't know, whatever. You guys, uh, uh, MJ, do you have any thoughts on this tournament first? And then I'll, I'll go to Bridget. So they've all the U.S.'s games have all happened during Boomball, so I had to just watch highlights. And all I will say is their game versus Canada and their game versus Brazil looks like they haven't played a very tough opponent since the Women's World Cup, which I believe is just true. They, they, they have not played, you know, they've been playing friendlies against easier teams. And while that lets you build confidence and is good for, you know, keeping your head about you and running tactics, who's supposed to run where like those early friendlies don't help you prepare to play a really good team like a Canada, like a Brazil. And so they just looked rusty. Um, and that's, I mean, great for the wins. And Julie Ertz is, is, is a boss of that defensive midfield and, and they looks solid, but I would, I would say everyone else looks a little rusty. The tactics look rusty. Uh, clearly should have went to uh, Bridget first. Uh, Bridget. 
I actually have also been just watching highlights and haven't been able to catch matches. Um, but well, God damn it. Yeah, I'm, those... I'm, the, I'm the authority here on, on the <laughs> women's tournament. Sorry. <laughs> All right. Bridget, what do you Yeah. Got? Well, so like, like he was saying for those, the Canada and Brazil games, I, I was watching like the live tweets and kind of following along. And I was surprised when full-time hit and, the U.S. had won both because just watching the live tweets, it was, you know, Brazil was constantly getting chances. Canada was constantly getting chances. Uh, the U.S. was constantly falling apart. Um, so definitely just they've had kind of a lopsided year. And I think part of it isn't just, you know, their schedule sense coming back from World Cup, but the schedule just this season. Um their training has been all over the place, obviously. Um, but, and that's every team. But particularly, you know, the, this continent, things have been a little weird. Um, so, yeah, it's it's just a kind of a bizarre, you know, if you're not really paying attention and you just pop in, it's, it's kind of a bizarre world kind of thing to watch. Um, I mean, with the pipeline of amazing talent, like we're – uh, yeah. the the Brazilian uh, girl woman who uh, is now uh, American uh, c- can play for America. Um, guy, why Macario. am I blanking on her name? Yes, yes, uh, she's amazing. Like, could this? I mean, this might be. All right, this might sound like hyperbole, but this U.S. team is the most dominant team in the history of soccer and could possibly be the most dominant team in the history of sports. If they win yep. three world cups in a row and they win what two of the three uh, Olympic uh, championships, assuming the Olympics get played <laughs> this summer. Uh, I mean, goddamn, like this is, this might be the most dominant team in the history of professional team sports. Is that, I don't think, I don't think I'm like, crazy saying that right no and if if you look at the lineup and consider the names that might be left off of a roster going into the olympics the b team would probably take the gold the silver right <laughs> or yes. maybe could potentially win the gold <laughs> but, honestly yeah and and the c team would still tear up half of half of the bracket it's insane and so i mean these games are kind of weird uh, with this tournament because they are trying to like shuffle all these different groups that you know little pockets of them have all played together and trained together but we have all these younger players coming in for their first time they haven't really played with all of these people they should be able I mean ever, anyone should be able to slot in behind a Megan Rapino and you know Crystal Dunn and all these women um, and be able to do well and look good um so it's yeah it's just so weird uh the way that these results have gone for one but also it's yeah it's just insane to look at the names that you could have left off of the roster and then the the young good talent that could be going especially looking at the Olympic roster for this season, since it's only, I believe, 18 players. Like, it's a really small roster Yeah. Um, that you can have for the Olympics. And normally, in women's soccer, the, the Olympics fall one year after the World Cup. And so it's kind of a given that you have a huge retention. You don't have a lot of turnover. It's a lot of the same names you saw win the World Cup or play in the World Cup that play in that, on that Olympic yeah. roster. Uh, with COVID and Olympics being postponed a year, I feel that for some positions and the super small roster, there's definitely that sort of new school U.S. Women's National Team versus old school, you know, vying for spots or maybe not for spots. You know who's going to make the team, but who's starting, who's coming off the bench? Is, is, is it going to be Kristen Press starting a left wing or is it going to be Megan? You know, um, is Mercario going to start or is she going to come off the bench? You know, those sorts of things. Um, you know, Alex Morgan and Chris and, and Carly Lloyd, they're both not starting, you know, 
like is a young person gonna start in their spot or is one of them going to be the starting striker for all different you know and so it's those roster spots to me that are very very interesting because we are so deep at those spots and the roster is so small all right uh mj you said 2022 women's euro qualifying you can do it in three minutes i'm gonna start my clock right now go they're in the group stage the final parts of the group stage we know which teams are eliminated except group d the teams that are moving on though are still vying for different positions it's beneficial if you win your group if you don't win your group top three of the second place teams qualify for the tournament without having to play an extra playoff and the bottom six second place teams have to play the single playoff so recently Spain beat Azerbaijan 13 to nothing. And I don't see a lot of people giving them crap about running up Azerbaijan 13 nothing, just saying. And this is a thing where gold differential matters. So they're trying to win their group, no shame. Uh, group E has some interesting uh, highlights from this weekend. On Friday, Cyprus lost to Scotland 10 to nothing. And Finland beat Portugal narrowly 1-0. Finland should win their group. Um, best games to follow this week, Tuesday in Group E, Scotland versus Portugal. Portugal mathematically could still win the group, but we'll just be playing to win. And Cyprus versus Finland, uh, Finland win, will win the group. Tuesday, Group D, uh, Spain versus Poland. Poland advances with a win, which won't happen unless Spain, already having won the group, use the match to test their depth. And then Wednesday, uh, Italy versus Israel. Italy's already through, but looking again, if they right now Italy's not in the top three, they're looking to get top three and avoid the playoff. Damn, that was like a minute and a half. Good job, bud. <laughs> I will let you talk about these other friendlies during women's international break for the last one minute and 24 seconds. Go. <laughs> so uh, Friday... Austria uh, lost to Sweden 1-6 Saturday in the Tournoi de France, uh, which was supposed to have four teams. France was trying to have a, their own she believes style cup, but Iceland and Norway didn't want to play. They didn't want to travel in Europe. There's something going on right now that makes teams not want to travel around Europe. Um, I don't know what Weird. that is, but yeah. so it's just a tournament between France and Switzerland. France beat Switzerland 2-0 in the first leg and they'll play again later this week. Germany in a friendly that has no tournament or meaning attached to uh, play Belgium. Germany beat Belgium 2-0, but it's this Wednesday, Wednesday, 11.30 a.m. The Netherlands play Germany. The Netherlands runners up in the last Women's World Cup. Germany, according to FIFA rankings, are the second best team behind the United States. Those two teams go at it this Wednesday. That's gonna be a good game. If you can't watch it, Follow it on Twitter or something. It's going to be a good game. All right, man, you did all that in under three minutes. Good job, buddy. Good job. <laughs> all right, let's. So let's briefly talk about. We got we got to get Bridget out of here in like fifteen minutes. So we have fifteen more minutes to talk about Europe and the rest of Europe. Let's talk about uh, Europe. Uh, Freiburg zero, Union Berlin one. Hey guys, this is yeah. I'm a big Union Berlin fan. MJ is as well. Talk a little bit about that game, MJ. Well, I didn't watch that game because I was sleeping in so I could watch another game that day. But, you know, their goalkeeper has been solid all year. And it's just awesome to see him make saves. And I, I honestly have not had a chance to even watch the highlights yet. Yeah, that's fine. Uh, I'll talk about... the the one really good game that happened this weekend was uh, FC St. Pauli in the Bundesliga yeah. by uh, three uh, Darmstadt two FC St. Pauli, which who, who were in the relegation zone literally like seven matches ago are now in 11th place and are uh, not really, you know, tapping on the window of, uh, you know, the, the relegate or the, the promotion spots uh, because, you know, they're like 18 points out of relegation or a promotion. <laughs> But they're like ten points out of relegation as well. Uh, they they have won four matches in a row. They won six of the last seven. Uh, FC St. Pauli, which is a team I I fucking love and support and go to uh, 
the, the bar to watch every weekend uh, on delay because, you know, they play their games at fucking six o'clock in the morning, which is <laughs> insane. Yep. You know, whatever. Um, yeah, so St. Pauli's been doing really well. 3-2. Did you watch this game at all, MJ? No, I did not. Okay. But I, not? I So I follow them very, you know, just how are they in the table? I remember seeing them down before. I know that they had a, a coaching change last year, right? They, they got a new manager. And it's just nice to see his ideas and tactics coming through. And they, they've gotten some younger players, um, new coach, some new players, and getting out of that relegation spot. Yeah, so, so, so they have a really good attack. A lot of those players are on loan. Um, their attack was shit for most of last year. Their defense was fine. This year, their defense is, is fucking garbage, which is why all their <laughs> games are three to two. So if you love goals, go watch St. Pauli. Yeah. <laughs> yes, please. David. Please watch. Please I, give, I feel like give every money. Yeah. I feel like every Bundesliga highlight that I've seen in the last probably two or three weeks has involved St. Pauli in the box on one end or the other. Right. <laughs> just some, just some God damn it, absurd. Fuck you. <laughs> Fuck you. That's well, like hundred well, percent. I mean, recently it was mostly like the good end where you, where you want them to, to be shown in highlights. Um, oh yeah, no, they're, they're terrible. Yeah, it's always just defending. like, yeah, it's just insane. They're so bad. They're so, they're so, so goddamn bad. I watch them every week, guys. I, I like, this is like, I don't know. I would say if I had to rank my teams right now, it's it's Liverpool, St. Pauli, Minnesota United, because Minnesota United hasn't played a goddamn game in forever. Um, but generally they're like, they're, you know, they're like number two most often. And sometimes it's Minnesota United in one, sometimes it's Liverpool in one. Uh, but goddamn it, they are a fucking train wreck. And I love it because I woke up. So, so we always watch the games on delay at the Blackheart with me and, and like two other St. Pauli fans. And that's like, that's the only people who are in the Blackheart at nine o'clock in the morning on a Saturday to watch a fucking St. Pauli match. So if you ever want to watch the St. Pauli match, just figure out when St. Pauli's playing. And it's like nine o'clock that day. Uh, most, most, most games. Um, however, I get I I I set on a fucking alarm on my phone so I can wake up right before the game kicks off so I can like screen grab the lineup and then share it to this uh Twitter group of St. Pauli fans so that I can, and then I can go and then I go back to bed right so like I wake up at like at like 5:55 in the morning screen grab the Sometimes I, I don't realize like that I had set that alarm and I'm just like wake up at like five fifty five on a Saturday <laughs> like, morning. What am like, I doing away? Who the like what kind of asshole does this to me? I'm like, oh, I am the asshole who does this to me. Grab the screenshot and then and then send it to uh but this this last weekend I uh I forgot to set my alarm because they, they started the game at six o'clock, so six thirty. So normally my alarm is set for six six twenty-five. So uh, I woke up, saw that the game was going, like grabbed this, the lineup really quick. It was 21 minutes into the game. They hadn't scored yet. I was like, okay, cool, fine, whatever. You can see the player ratings on, on FOTMOB or whatever. And I, 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 I sent it to my, the St. Pauli friends. Get to the bar. I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah. So here's the lineup. They're like, one guy's like, I didn't, I didn't get it. Uh, Wes was like, I, I didn't get it either. Realized I had just like, <laughs> I hadn't actually sent the fucking tweets to the DM group. I just like, I like grabbed it, put it on, and then just like passed out because I was like, I don't really want to watch the rest, <laughs> watch anything. So yeah, this is this is my life. I, I I get up, I wake my my ass up. And then realize like I've been wait I've been I was like at least I woke up at six twenty, and 
the game there hadn't been a goal so there was no goals or anything like that so like at least we know we haven't scored any goals before then and then they scored five fucking goals in the next 70 minutes so between the two teams so the thing is they won david they did they they, they win (laughs) oh fuck they won they're in 11th place right now they're they are they are i think safely out of relegation and you had a growing moment where you realized that you are your own worst asshole Listen, MJ, I've known this for most of my goddamn life that I'm my own worst asshole. Uh, all right. So the Champions League round of 16 uh, kicked off this week. Uh, Barcelona got the shit kicked out of them. I, uh, PSG. Uh, that, Liverpool. that Mbappe guy, he's pretty good. Yeah, Mbappe is, is, is pretty pretty goddamn good. Uh, Liverpool beat uh, Leipzig. Like Leipzig made like two gigantic mistakes, and Liverpool capitalized. Uh, and they never do that ever again. Porto beat Juventus uh, two to one. Juventus is uh, man. Like Weston McKinney scored today, which I'm like I'm not like really like willing to write Juventus off because of that. But man, it was uh, Porto beating Juventus is not a, a normal scoreline. And then uh, uh, Borussia Dortmund, in a firecracker of a game, beats Sevilla three two after going down one nothing. Uh, this week we have Atletico Madrid and Chelsea, Lazio and Bayern on Tuesday, and then uh, Atalanta and Real Madrid, and Borussia Mönchengladbach and Man City on Wednesday for Champions League. So, you guys have any thoughts on either of those upcoming games? Or any of the games that we that were played last week? I was really happy to see Liverpool get a win. Fuck you. <laughs> because if they if they came into, into into the other game this weekend just not having won that many games, it would have been like I just feel like they were very but giving them that little bit of confidence and like Oh yeah, we don't suck. Okay, yeah, I, I think that helped. Uh huh. <laughs> well, Atalanta Madrid should be fun. Very very different styles. Yes. Hope, hope to see the racist lose, you know, in Lazio versus uh, Munchen. So. <laughs> Anything else in, in Europe we want to talk about, David? No. I, I'm feeling nothing, if I talk about anything nothing else. Nothing happened Europe, there. I mean, I mean, there were three big derbies this weekend. You know, they were. Um, um, you know, Dortmund beat Schalke because Schalke sucks ass. Yeah. Uh, Internacional beat uh, AC Milan, and because AC Milan has like the youngest fucking team ever, and you know, and then uh, I don't know what was the other. Uh, the other derby was uh, I don't know some probably something in uh, Scotland, right? Yeah, uh, Hearts and Hibs played, right? Great. That's a that's a derby. <laughs> yep. That's the one. <laughs> uh, I wrote down a few questions for the Merseyside Derby. Do you guys want to talk about them or, or no? I mean, you could ask questions, MJ. I'm not necessarily going to respond I mean, to them. <laughs> Go ahead and ask. I, I, I want to get a Liverpool side, a, a Liverpool opinion side, side of these. Um, the, the first goal was Hamas Rodriguez with the three central midfielders collapsing on him. And then passing a through ball to an onside, you know, an onside uh, Richarlison. The back four was very, very spread out wide, and we weren't attacking wide. So it just didn't make a whole lot of sense to me. How shitty, on a scale from zero to 2017 Minnesota United, was LFC's defense on that two on seven disadvantage?
It was close. Period. 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 <laughs> your your other question? Okay. Thanks. Thanks. Thanks for thanks for playing along, guys. Um, how how lame on a scale from zero to twenty twenty one Jordan Morris was the penalty that they gave to Trent Alexander Arnold on Dominic Calvin Lewin's run run into the box. Oh, when Dominic Calvert-Lewin uh, tripped over a guy who was defending a, a ball? Yeah, that was definitely a 2021 Jordan Morris. Period. Okay, Bridget's, Bridget's nodding. So you guys both think that, yep. was, peak, that was peak lane. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, just, I just saw a guy not play the ball, leave his feet, not, not go the ball, and then, yeah, DCL ran Wait, over his head. You, you, you saw a guy... In, not play a ball that was that was in that was in the fucking box you saw a guy not play a ball that was playing a ball in the fucking box you saw a guy not playing a ball is that is that what you're is that what you're trying to say mj he didn't get any of the ball he slid down fell over and then and then dcl slid down to get the fucking ball and he didn't get it because the dude hit it at the that goalkeeper was- and the goalkeeper deflected it away. <laughs> and then and then the guy fell over the fucking guy who was trying to defend the ball. I don't understand how fucking hard this is for you guys. I I, I mean I get it. I get it. I really do get it. Um I have to be honest. It's fun. It's, it's fun that you guys finally won a fucking game at Anfield. <laughs> it's 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 fun. I'm glad. I'm glad you guys did. We're happy for you. We are <laughs> very happy for you. I I sense so much warmth and love right now on this side. Well, those are my only two questions. Okay. Well, what else do you have, MJ? Those were the three derbies. I I. I I went into them into, de- into, into detail. Like, like, we, we, we didn't talk about uh, the, the Reverie Derby or the uh, uh, Derby Della de Dona. Um, and honestly, I, I don't really want to because at this point, whatever. Why not? Like, why? Uh, so do, do you guys, do you think Everton, uh, MJ, do you think Everton is going to make the top four or? No. Okay. I, in fact, I think I think I may be one of the minority here, but they, they, I think Liverpool have a better chance at making the top four than Everton do, even though we have a game in hand. Why is that? History? I mean, fair. Um, fair point. But I have to say... Uh, one thing we can all agree on is we would like to see Manchester City, Manchester United, and Leicester City lose games, and they haven't been doing that. That's true. They, that they is, have yes. not been doing that, and you can't put the blame on the Merseyside teams because we don't play those teams every week. That is true. Fucking West Ham. West Ham is in fucking fourth place right now. Yeah, like... <laughs> I. Like what is happening? I, I have come to peace with a David Moyes West Ham team finishing higher than Everton, and and I don't like it one bit. But I've come to peace with it. I, the question is, have, have you guys come to peace with such a such a thing? Absolutely not. Hundred <laughs> percent no. Of course not. A fucking course not. However, you know it's David Moyes. So what, what, uh, what's more embarrassing, David Moyes West Ham finishing above you or Chelsea? You know. Uh, you know, Tuchel's uh, Chelsea fini- finishing ahead of you, switching a manager mid-season. I don't know, Bridget. Would you rather have Thomas Tuchel and Chelsea, or West Ham and David Moyes finishing above Liverpool, oh, and they're and thereby knocking us out of the uh, the Champions League spots, theoretically. I mean, I guess we could. They could finish above us, and we could still finish in the Champions League spot. Yeah. But you know, Leicester could lose a lot. They could finish below all of you. But they they only play. They they don't play a lot of players. So Leicester City no generally tends to fade away, especially in a in a uh, you know bulwarky season of of games all the time. So I I wouldn't I wouldn't. 
put it past Lester to fade away. But um, no. would you rather have would you rather finish behind Thomas Tuchel or David Moyes at West Ham? I want to say Moyes right now. I'd probably go back and forth on this. Bitch, you, no. You, you'd be happier if you finished above above Chelsea. Is what I'm hearing. Yeah. Behind Moyes. Yeah. But above Chelsea. Oh, that's... David's right. thinking, how I, would, to make. David's thinking Hard, how I would think. Is hard to disagree Chelsea on that Chelsea one. finishes above us all the time. No big deal. But like West Ham. Yeah. Fucking West Ham and fucking David Moyes. Uh, yeah, That's, hard to disagree. So, uh, all right, guys, let's, let's finish hey, up. We have a kit leak. You know. Oh, shit. What? 30 minutes ago, United releases a tweet that just says, like a river flows to 2621 with a picture of, we can see the outline of a shirt under like blue water. So, blue kit. Blue, uh, yes. Okay. We finally have a blue kit. kit. Yeah. Looks Whoa. like. Bring it, breaking some goddamn news of this podcast. Blue kit. Uh, <laughs> and and blue one, of, kit. one of the first replies is don't be plain white. Don't be plain white. Don't be plain white. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, I'll try to throw that. I'll try to throw that. Uh, Bridget, send me that uh, tweet so I can. Okay. The, uh, the podcast description and all that. So, uh, all right, let's hey, let's let's wrap it up, guys. We I think we did a little over an hour. Good job on us, uh, all of us. Um, MJ, I'll give you one final like one minute uh, if you want to do a uh, victory dance for winning for the first time at Anfield since you know before we knew each other twenty two <laughs> years ago. So. I, I'm I'm ecstatic. What like like two goals at Anfield? Gilfie Sigurdsson has scored five goals at Anfield um, for between Tottenham and Swansea and 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 Everton. And thanks everybody. You should always rate review our podcast wherever you rate review podcast. Daysandno.com, patreon.com slash Daysandno if you want to uh, support the podcast. Uh, at TDIKMN is our general podcast. Bridget, tell us, tell us where they can find you. You 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 work for with, with Switch the Pitch. Uh, please, you know, hype Switch the Pitch for a little bit. Yeah, so Switch the Pitch is on Twitter at Switch the Pitch, the number one, um, because there's some baseball group, you know, talking about pitches. Um, yeah, so we're getting ramped up for 2021. Uh, hopefully we'll have a bit more this season to talk about than we did last season. Uh, more on the field things to talk about. Uh, so we're excited to finally, we're calling 2020 our, our soft launch. Uh, and 2021 will hopefully be a much better season all around. So yeah, at switch the pitch, switch the pitch.com. And well, uh, as long as you have a four-year plan in place for switch the pitch, Bridget, that's all we care about. And and, and Bridget, your where people follow you on Twitter? My Twitter is at bc mcdowell. Excellent, excellent. With two L's. Yes. Two L's. Yes. Uh, switch pitch one on Twitter. Uh, I'm at this is our Dan, who unfortunately could not be here because he's getting a second peen re- uh, replaced. Or uh, removed, removed, replaced. Not replaced, removed. Dan's getting those, those uh, second, organs. Yeah, he, Dan's getting a second peen removed. Uh, he's at D Wade. Uh, he was a birthday boy yesterday as well, or two days ago. Um, MJ is at MJ Matsui. Bridget again, of course, is at BC McDowell. Two L's at the end. Uh, I'm at Chase Zeller. Uh, please again rate and review the podcast. We love you all. Thanks for joining us. We are the names you know. This is the agreement now, but we have got to try and work it out. Cause we both know we can't do nothing at all. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, 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 oh. we get we, we, we do our thing, son. Long as you do yours, land here, become feet, con. Yeah. 
uh, we, we do yeah. our thing, son. Do the act we attract to, hope to reach one. Uh, we, yeah. we, we do our thing. Do it. Do it. We do our thing, son. Some will paint a piece, some will spray with a machine gun. It's mad work to be done. We, we, we do our thing, son.